Hi, this is a sermon preached by Stuart Cutler, the Minister of St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland, on the 27th of January 2019. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, join us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse. Let's listen now for the Word of God. David's going to read to us from Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you don't do what I tell you? Anyone who comes to me and listens to my word and obeys them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man who in building his house dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. The river overflowed and hit that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But anyone who hears my words and does not obey them is like a man who built his house without laying a foundation. When the flood hit that house, it fell at once. And what a terrible crash that was. My dad is a minister. But before that, he was a structural engineer for Lanark County Council. So when I was growing up, my dad wasn't a minister. Bob's getting sweet. He was a structural engineer. And that meant that pretty much every building that was built in the 70s around about here, my dad had something to do with. Which was great when you went anywhere because he would say, built that, built that, built that. And he used to say, as a structural engineer, his job was to tell architects that their design was very nice, but it wouldn't work because physics says so. And gravity has a hand in that too. What he was really saying was that it's all very well designing something that looks nice, but if it can't stand up because of the stresses and the strains that gravity and the weather and all kinds of other things put on it, then there's no point in building it. His job was to design the steel structures that would hold the house up and hold the building together. And one of the things I remember him telling me when I was wee was that big buildings are designed to move. Now, when you're wee, that's a really confusing thing. I had visions of houses marching down the street or, you know, those programs where they just put a house on the back of a lorry and off they go. I kind of thought that's what he was talking about. Or they had some kind of built-in landslide device so that if the, the ground started to move the house, the whole house would just go and it would be fine. Of course, what he was talking about was the need for a structure to bend so that absorbs the movement of the ground. Or in skyscrapers cases, to sway when it's windy. Because if they were too rigid, they would snap and nobody wants that. Now that's the kind of thing that people tell you and you say, I they don't move that much, do they? Well, I was at the top of the Empire State Building on a windy night. And I hate heights at the best of times. So to actually feel the building move was quite disconcerting. And it really does move quite a lot. And the taller the building, the more it has to move because it has to absorb the weather. And I was terrified because it was really high and it was moving. So apart from using the right materials to build something, the foundations allow it to sway. So the foundations need to be really deep and really solid. 
It's the foundations that anchor the building. It's the foundations that allow the rest of it to function in the way that it's supposed to, to move and not fall down. The skyscrapers that are built in places like Tokyo and Los Angeles are built on strong foundations, but they're designed to move and sway because they need to absorb earthquakes, the chaos and tumult that happens all around them and still stay up. But if they were built too solidly, they would crack and collapse rather than absorbing the energy all around them. And we could tell all kinds of stories about buildings and foundations. We read about them all the time in the news. We have experience because we live in houses and we know all the things that happen to them. There seems to be a trend to ignore thousands of years of knowledge and build houses on floodplains, which at least to me seems absolutely mystifying. Why would you build your house on a field that's going to flood? But people do. And then they moan when it rains and it floods and they can't get insurance for the third time. There are also houses we know that were built hundreds of yards from a cliff and have fallen into the sea because of coastal erosion. In their own experience, we know what it's like to try and build a sandcastle and to either have it swept away by the tide or for the sun to dry out the sand and the sandcastle to crumble. So this wee story that Jesus tells us about where to build your house is one that we can all relate to. It's not about vineyards that none of us have got. It's not about pigs or fig trees or miracles, things that that we haven't necessarily come across. We have houses. We understand that houses have foundations and that the foundations are really, really important. That said, we're sitting on a great big building that's built on a sand seam. And it hasn't moved much in a hundred or so years. But of course, like lots of stories that Jesus tells us, this isn't really about building a house, is it? There were not really two builders. It's just a story. But it's a story to help us learn something about ourselves. The imaginary builders are just like us. So this story comes as as part of a block of teaching in Luke's gospel. Lots of things have been happening. Jesus has been telling people about blessings and woes, about loving your enemies, about judging others, about having integrity. And finally, this story highlights the importance of listening and acting on what we hear. It's perhaps worth remembering, if you want to go and look, that the previous six verses have spent time exploring how what people say tells us about who they are. What people say tells us about who they are. Our inner selves and the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives is visible to others through the words that we choose to use. What we say and what we do is important. Those are like the bits that we all see. The outside of a house if we want to stretch the metaphor a little bit, the bits that we present to the outside, to everyone else. And I'm sure all of us would want to say, let my life be built on strong foundations. Of course. Of course we would say that. 
We need to know that what we think is rooted in truth, that what we believe is grounded in good, that the people we trust are trustworthy and honest. We want our lives to be built on a rock. Who would say otherwise? I've never yet met someone who would say, do you know what? Actually, I'm not really interested in all that stability stuff. I want to build my life in sand. I really, really want to have some shaky foundations so that if anything bad happens in my life, the whole thing just falls to pieces. I don't ever remember meeting anybody like that. Nobody wants that. And yet in so many ways, we all make choices that lead to that. I was talking to somebody I know really well recently about an argument they were having. And they were kind of in the middle of that. It was one of these arguments that lasted for three. It was probably their wife they were arguing with. One of those ones that last for quite a long time. Can I get away with that here? Oh, it only works at a burn supper. I was suggesting that given that they knew they were in the middle of an argument and that the argument was going to continue, the next time they saw the person, they were going to have the same argument over and over again. What they might want to do is just take a breath and step back and try and stay calm and decide not to argue. At least not to shout and scream and do all the things that people do when they get caught up in the heat of a moment. No, I can't do that, they said. It's just not me. That's not who I am. When I have an argument, that's what happens. Isn't it amazing how fixed we think our personality is? how set our responses are, that we just have no control over ourselves. It's just who we are, and that's just how it is. It's as though we've always been like that, as though we've never grown and changed, as though every day we don't have an option or the capability to decide to be different. Now, that's fantastically easy advice to give, isn't it? When you're getting in an argument for whatever the reason, don't let your temper go and just, you know, stay calm and everything will be fine. When the person's in your face shouting at you, you, you just don't react. When someone says something unreasonable or hurtful about you, don't take it to heart because they're just angry. So if anybody ever learns actually how to do that, can you let me know? incredibly easy advice to give but actually asking somebody to do that is really really difficult because what we're actually asking somebody to do when we say things like that is to change their building without changing the foundations like my dad would say it's all very well but if the foundations won't support your fancy new roof then your house is going to fall down and part of the reason that our houses fall down is that we have become far too rigid. We've made the mistake of thinking that solid foundations mean that we have to be stiff and unbending. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have in our faith. Because our faith is not so far away from the Pharisees that Jesus was talking to. We like rules. And even when we say we don't, we really do. Because we like to know where we are. It gives us a sense of security and, and safety to know where we are. That when life is predictable, when people follow the rules, you don't want to go out driving and somebody just waves all over the road. 
That's not great for anybody, is it? So we like people to follow the rules. But we don't like it much when people challenge the rules. Or the rules that we have are bent or broken. If you're a parent, you can relate to that, I'm sure. Because what it does, it does sometimes is it actually shows up our own inflexibility. We've made a rule and we want you to stick to it and we don't really know why. But it's my rule and you're going to do what I tell you. And that kind of pressure can cause our whole system of beliefs to collapse. The people Jesus is talking to think that they have a rock-solid foundation. The Pharisees have the law of Moses. The law that God gave to Moses, gave to the people of Israel. What stronger foundation could there be? And so this is a really odd story for Jesus to tell. But as we know, the Pharisees like to stick to the law. They like it to be a rigid structure that has no room for movement and should certainly never be bent. And Jesus didn't think that's what the law was for at all. The law wasn't given so that people could become unchanging and unthinking and unchallenged. It's quite possible to keep the law and do the wrong thing. It's possible to keep the law but to do the wrong thing. And that's a problem. Martin Luther King, who's remembered on the 21st of January every year, spoke about three evils that blight our souls in our society. He said, we are now experiencing the coming to the surface of a triple-pronged sickness that has been lurking within our body politic from its very beginning. The sickness of racism, excessive materialism, and militarism. He considered these three problems the plaque of Western society. Perhaps they are the very definition of the sandy ground that Jesus talks about, where building a house can only lead to ruin. Dr. King goes on to suggest that on some positions it's necessary for the moral individual to take a stand. A stand that's neither safe, nor politic, nor popular. But they must do it because it's right. Such action can only be taken when it comes from a solid foundation. The law was given to the people of God to provide a foundation and a framework to create lives and communities that were filled with justice and kindness and goodness. To build houses of love and caring and dignity and hope. Our question must always be, how can we live our lives like that? We must all build on firm foundations, strong foundations, built on the knowledge of the gospel, built on the rock of faith. But what we build must be ready to move and to sway, to bend and make allowance. To meet the challenges of daily life without fracturing or tumbling down. That's not moving away from your foundations. That's not picking and choosing what to believe in. That's not an easy or a complacent faith. Our lives are stronger when we are flexible. 
Our faith is healthier when it's growing. Our compassion is greater when our hearts are prepared to move. That's when Jesus says our house is built on deeply dug foundations laid on a rock. So when a flood arises and the river bursts against it, it couldn't shake it because the house has been well built. And so we must all build our houses on faith, on hope, on compassion, on love. But most of all, on the firm foundation of Christ. Amen. Thank you.